Hello guys, I want to share with you that content marketing is my heart. I can explain why. You know, today it's hard to get results without content marketing. And I remember when Seth Godin, one of the best marketers, proclaimed content marketing is one marketing left. The main reason, because customers don't buy from unrecognizable brands, they want to get value first. So today we are going to discuss more about content marketing. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Shandel Nolasco da Silva. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks, Anatoly. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for me, yeah, it's a pleasure to learn from specialists, experts who can share some valuable insights because, you know, I'm a student on this life. Uh, I keep learning every single day and I understand that you can't be sec- uh, learn everything. Of course, it's better to learn uh, from uh, the best. So that's why I invite the best. And uh, I know that you uh, know good this topic. Before we start, just tell more about your experience, background and why you decided to share with us about content marketing. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, look, it's been over a decade and I actually started my career in environmental science, a very different field. But, um, you know, if you're a scientist of any kind, you probably like data analytics. Uh, I ended up moving to Montreal and completely switching careers going into marketing. And, you know, I did three different agencies before I went in-house enterprise. And then the last couple of years have been startups. So, you know, I've done local, I've done international, I've done B2B, I've done B2C. Um, But I will say that that entry point of, uh, you know, sort of data analytics and, and writing um, you know, creating a clear message for an audience, it spans across different industries. So those were really great skills to get me started in marketing. But I stay, I stay in the field because I love it. You know, constant new challenges, <laughs> new landscapes, new technology, new client types. It's a, it's a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it, love it. Uh, uh, you know, I think if you don't love what you do, it's better to find another job, you know, <laughs> to skip it and you will never regret. Uh, it's my attitude because, uh, yeah, I love uh, creating content uh, to get results with content marketing as well because I think that... Uh, um, when people uh, have the hard feeling that they need to create a new piece of content, it's hard. Uh, guys, find another job, you know, because content marketing is a great niche and you need to love what you do, to love your audience, to share some insights. And I have the first question for you. Tell me, where to start? For example, if I launch a new product, I don't know what to do. Marketing is huge. I have many different channels. Uh, how to find my channel in content marketing because uh, we have SEO, we have social media, we have uh, webinars, many stuff, ebooks. Can you tell how to find the right channel? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, content marketing for any product, industry, um, service, you have to create a strategy, right? You have to come up with a plan and really that's a data-driven process. So you're starting with a goal. What am I trying to do? What What's the desired outcome of my content marketing? You know, is it to sell more products online? Maybe it's to get more newsletter subscribers. Um, maybe you have a customer churn problem and it's to retain customers, you know? So you're starting with this goal and then you're, you're looking at all of the sources of analytics data that you have available to you as a marketer to say, what does my audience like? Where do they learn about solutions like mine? Um, and, and you know, what's the voice and tone that they respond to and so on. But right, right in there, I just answered that the question, which is how do they learn 
about solutions like mine? What channels mm -hmm. are they using? You know, do they come through social media? Do they come through organic? Do they um, learn about uh, my solution mostly from in-person trade shows? I don't know. It's different for every industry, product, service, and so on, right? So, so you really, um, to determine the right channels, you have to create an effective strategy, which is really going, what am I trying to do? And what's the audience doing today um, that I can leverage to bring back to my strategy so I can I can do more of that and speak directly to them. But, um, you know, you can look at competitors, right? You can say, what are my competitors doing? What channels are they doing? But I would caution because, you know, what your closest competitor is doing won't necessarily work for you. So don't just play the copycat game. But if you're a really young startup and you don't have your own data to look into, then you kind of have no choice. You have to look at what competitors are doing and then look at your resources, right? To say, do I have the resources to support content in all of these channels consistently? You know, and, and it, content marketing really is about that consistent effort. Uh, I couldn't agree more, especially when you mentioned about competitors. Don't do what your competitors do, you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, I see this trap, you know, in many times, many times, you know, for example, I remember when some clients uh, came to me and asked, I don't know uh, why I can't get results for two years uh, because I do everything that my competitors do. You know, uh, I'm trying to uh, promote uh, the same pages. Uh, I am trying to use uh, the same channels. But if you have no, uh, if you have no strong positions with that, you know, uh, for example, your competitors might have uh, good content, uh, have good uh, link building campaigns, uh, huge resources, uh, or even experience. For example, if I'm not good with filming videos, why I need to jump on YouTube It's if it's not my strong side? So uh, I think uh, we need to analyze competitors in order to find their weak side and think uh, where is <laughs> your that. strong side? You know, when I have yes. strong side on, on TikTok, why not? <laughs> yeah, I can Absolutely. go to TikTok. So yeah, uh, I love your uh, ideas. Can you tell uh, how to find ideas for your content plan? For example, uh, I know, uh, okay, I want to cover this channel. Uh, I have strong positions, but how to find ideas? What kind of content I need to promote, create, to cover my buy buying persona? Oh, buying journey it is so, okay. That's a great question. And there's a lot of different ways to answer it, right? Like if you're just looking for a quick blog topic, there's tools out there, you can scrape the internet, you can look at top ranking um, posts uh, under sort of that query umbrella. But you know, really, you don't want to just create con, you don't just want to jump on bandwagons, like it comes back to being strategic again, and, and looking at your goal, right? So you want to be creating content topics for each stage of the buying journey, you know, from that awareness all the way down to purchase. But you have a goal within that that's unique to your strategy. So you're going to weight content heavily towards that goal, but you can't ignore these other stages of the funnel, right? So the funnel is really um, a useful tool for marketers to make sure that they're covering all their bases, um, and answering sort of all of the pieces of information that their audience needs to hear at those different stages. Um, and, and that can take different uh, forms, right? It could be an ebook, it could be an article topic, it could be a tool, it could be just a, a static web page on your, on your site. But ultimately, you know, 
if you're buying, like, you know, I love my shoes example because it's so easy to come back to, but, you know, top of the funnel, what are the best types of shoes for high arches? You know, what are uh, the most durable shoes for hiking? These are those really top funnel queries that you're going to try and answer um, in a blog post or something. You know, you'll track someone through search. But once you get further down the funnel, you're getting very intentional about uh, educating your audience about who you are and why you offer a reputable or credible solution to their problem, you know, whether it's the, the case study content that sort of does the selling for you um, or some other form of, of uh, convinced content, we, as we like to say. So when it comes to creating topics, yes, there's as it happens, you know, there's stuff that's trending and that's certainly going to help you um, to create great content on the spot. But taking a step back and making sure that you're you're getting those evergreen topics and making content strategic for you, I think that's going to be much more helpful than any sort of uh, uh, what can we write about today um, momentum. I think it's really uh, it's going to be much more effective to create that evergreen content that will uh, serve you now and in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting about that. Can you tell more about uh, creating content strategy? Uh, for example, you mentioned about uh, top funnel. Uh, how to find these ideas? Uh, because, you know, um, for example, I often see when uh, content creators take topics that are overwhelmed or overpriced. Uh, for example, we have a lot of other high quality content and it's hard to create a new piece of content and compete with them. For me, it's better to search for topics that have a lack of quality content, outdated information, uh, where I know that my content will be much better than existing content. Can you tell about content uh, strategy? How do you create your content strategy and uh, how to measure uh, results uh, after uh, implementing? Big questions there. Like, I mean, I think we're talking about many things. So, you know, strategy really comes back to that first answer that I gave, uh, really looking at goals, audience data, how they behave, and creating a way to consistently meet the audience at all of those touch points um, with effective content. For um, top funnel content, like you were talking about, just, uh, you know, you low competition is helpful to start with, you know, mm -hmm. high volume, low competition. That's a beautiful ratio that every, you know, SEO mm -hmm. or content marketer loves to see. And you, you want to dive in that topic and you want to, you want to do well by your audience. But what I like to do there is I will scrape the first 10 results and look at, okay, for this query that I really want to rank for, that's super important for my brand. You know, it really gets to the core of my, my client's offering um what does google think is the top 10 most relevant or highest quality source of information for that query and you know i'll do it incognito obviously but you usually see in the top 10 uh sort of a combination of different on-page elements that google is appreciating and serving up there whether you know, it's uh, markup, whether it's images, whether it's infographics, associated videos, whatever this top 10 uh, bucket of content has given, I like to take all of that and more and put it in my article.
So you have to outdo the top 10. And there is, you know, a pretty straightforward roadmap for you to do that. And, um, you know, if, if others have done a really, really good job at answering that question and you're struggling to find new ways to do it, call in experts, you know, call in some experts to bring in quotes and, uh, and really change the narrative or at least add to the narrative. Don't just regurgitate, try and add to it uh, at every chance you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, can you tell about call to action? How to submit call to action uh, to uh, your content marketing uh, campaigns? Uh, because in the end, we want to sell. Yeah, all businesses want to sell more, and content marketing just can can help to cover a buying journey. And uh, how to sell with content marketing? Oh, this is a golden question. And I think a lot of people misunderstand it. You know, people look at content marketing and they go, oh, I wrote a blog and I didn't get a customer. Content marketing doesn't work for me. Um, and mm -hmm. that is sort of, you know, that that big misconception. But it is important to understand your buyer journeys and put those call to actions in key places, right? So um, you've got an amazing how to post on your blog that in some ways uh, allows, leads people to your solution. You know, how to do the best PPC campaigns of all time. And you read this article and ultimately um, you're an agency and you're really just reading about Aquizio's solution. But we haven't said that in the blog post once. We're just really mm -hmm. educating these people about how to um, create an amazing PPC campaign. If this starts ranking organically and it's getting tons of traffic, you know what? Throw a little banner in the middle. Take them to your next ebook about why you're so great. Or, you know, if it's really a lower funnel piece of content, like a case study, put a separate block at the bottom, not in your copy. Don't put it in your copy. Put it in a separate call to action box near the bottom. Are you ready for a demo? Um, let me show you how to do this, you know, whatever the CTA is that makes the most sense. Um, you have to recognize where people are in their journey and, and plug that CTA where it makes sense, you know, even on your pricing mm -hmm. page or your process page where um, the intent is probably a little bit more middle to low funnel, people are actually starting to explore. Those are great places to put uh, CTAs, but I always see companies starting with a very, very, or they'll just put it on every blog post right in the text. If you, you know, buy from us, buy from us. And there's no quicker way to turn off an audience, especially one that you're just starting the relationship with than hard selling to them when they're not ready. They don't trust you. They barely know who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I opened your LinkedIn profile and found that you created content strategies for the biggest and sometimes most unexpected markets. Can you tell what is the difference to create content strategy for a new market, unexpected, or a big markets that overwhelm, overpriced, with huge competition? Oh my God. These are like such heavy hitter questions because they're, the answer can be very long-winded. When I say mm -hmm. unexpected there, sometimes, you know, especially when you work at a marketing agency, you get a client who comes in the door and you're like, what are we marketing? You know, like at one point I, you, you, you sort of have to relearn um, industries as they come and go. Like 
you know, I've done like random appointment scheduling software to huge mm-hmm. animation studios to a piece of, uh, you know, um, a backpack or shoes to a very, very um, technical enterprise voice of customer software, you know, so there's, there's uh, so many different ways in which a content strategy would adapt to these different client types and industries. Um, so some industries, especially when you're looking B2C, you're looking at local, you're always looking for, uh, you're looking to build a local content strategy. And that's very, very, very different than, say, a B2B SaaS company that operates on an international level where you're going to need to to collaborate, uh, you know, with different regions, different influencers, different languages. And so it starts to become really comprehensive. You need a team, you know, and you need a very organized team. You need tools to facilitate this content strategy. Whereas if you're just um, starting out, maybe it's a very small business, you can make content marketing work for you as a one person shop at a startup, let's say. So the strategy will look very, very different um, just from that 10,000 foot view, you know, depending on those different markets. But the other thing is channels, right? Like if you are, again, you know, just some like, pop-up online shoe store, you could probably get by with a content marketing strategy that's relying very heavily on influencer marketing uh, and social media. Whereas, um, you know, I just, my latest gig has been in finance. That's never going to work. You know, you could put out a million TikTok videos. No one in the Canadian finance industry is going to find your solution, right? You have to meet them where, where they are um and and figure out what causes them to buy what are the signals that they need to to receive from your brand to trust it enough and buy from you mm-hmm. yeah love it love it uh you know uh, i often see when companies uh, are looking for jack of all trades who can provide everything to create strategy to create content to promote them and uh, just one freelancer uh, but you mentioned about a team. You need to have a team. Can you tell how to create the right team to hire the right people who can lead your marketing in the right direction? Oh, you know, people take this for granted because hiring a, a team that will function together and and ideate together and ultimately find success together isn't as easy as it sounds. Uh But in terms of assembling those resources, first, you really want to start with your strategy before you just start rapid firing, uh, hiring. (laughs) Sorry, that's you know what I mean. Firing, firing. (laughs) (laughs) Close. Someone Um, firing, someone hiring. (laughs) (laughs) Both will happen. But no, I mean, so you want to like look at what channels am I trying to to hit, what are going to be the most uh, important for me to reach my audience? And what resources do I have today? Also, what talents do I have today? Right? So every marketer, jack of all trades, or, you know, sort of the higher you go up the ladder, the more uh, you're in charge of, you'll have your own strengths, right? So for me, it's content. marketing. That's what I bring to the table and SEO, right? So 
I don't want to hire someone else to do that. Like that's, that's my superpower that I'm bringing to the table. But do I, you know, let's say PPC is going to be a lucrative channel for us, or we're forecasting that, or we have data that suggests that, well, I'm going to want a campaign manager who's going to have eyes on that campaign all the time for me, who's going to be constantly adjusting the bid, you know, trying to get our costs down. Um, and I simply won't have time for that. And it's not my, it's not my baby, if you will, excuse me. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's looking at your channel. Same thing for social media. Social media is a constant effort. And, you know, I, I, I don't hate, but it bothers me whenever there's someone who just takes one um, caption and just blasts it across all channels over and over and over. Right. I, I think that's a lazy approach. There's different uh, channels for a different reason. Um, and you can get really creative and clever in each of them if you have the time and the understanding or the or the you specialize, right? Um, and so I find social media is is another area where I love to have a dedicated specialist. And no matter yeah. who you are, you have to have a designer. You have to have a designer that you trust who can you know get things out on time. I'm a wordsmith don't let me do design. Don't let me near it. Like you, <laughs> I need a designer to come in and make my words look pretty, you know? So, um, mm -hmm. like that's, that's a must have for every team that I will ever be on. And then, you know, mm -hmm. in enterprise level, you really start to get your team of writers. Maybe you'll have a team of UX researchers that you're helping with. You'll get your data science team. Um, and and things can get really exciting in in those circumstances. Yeah, totally. You know, uh, I uh, got a few requests. Please uh, come to my podcast and share about video design because you are great with that. I replied to me to them. You know, I know nothing about video design. It's not my strong side. I have a team <laughs> who can know how create awesome video design because uh, everything what I can do just uh, to film share some context because uh, I focus on that and I have a specialist in my team who can create this video design awesome design uh, as you mentioned you need to cooperate with designers I know nothing about design how to create web design any design even simple uh, pictures uh, I know that many tips you can go to Canva many other uh, tools but why I need to do it if I have designers who can uh, who can learn my mind and understand what I want to get <laughs> yes. and you know uh, yeah we spend some time uh, to create this cohesive job uh, I just send the text and I get back uh, design yeah very simple so yeah I agree with you yes. about focusing on that can you tell uh, three things that uh, today it's better not to do uh, it's better to avoid uh, they might be obsolete or uh don't work today uh from your experience what is better marketers to avoid uh you know three things i think that like still today this conversation around backlinks is pretty messy um mm -hmm. i think anyone coming into seo today is going to have missed sort of a decade of algorithm updates and this like long and checkered history of, of uh, content creation under like this umbrella of link building. It's like such a dirty mm -hmm. word today. Um, 
so I, you know, I think for any new SEOs coming in and, and reading about link building, like really you just want to stick to creating that high quality content for, for your audience. But another thing I will say is like, let's say um, you're really focused on a piece of low hanging fruit. You know that if you build five to 10 high quality backlinks in the next couple of months with this dedicated anchor text that you will uh, maybe make it to the first page. You're on the second page. It's a near-term opportunity. It'll probably push it into the first page, getting you hundreds, if not thousands more visits uh, to your site. I think one, one really strong piece of information that comes from my agency days is about website qualification. So people say, oh, mm -hmm. you know, um, get a high quality backlink. Oh, they've got a good domain authority. Woo, party on. Like you really <laughs> are not doing enough to protect your website and your brand at that point. Um, if you're really going for link building, you have to be so, so, so careful. So qualification is is literally everything. You're looking at not just the domain's authority, but um, its backlink profile, its spam score, its history. Like, was that um, domain at one point a pornography site? I don't know. Go look at the Wayback Machine. It will tell you. And then you're also looking for the on-page signals as well, right? Are they uh, selling links? Is the sponsored content labeled properly? Um so, you know, like a lot of junior SEOs come in and they go, oh, cool, this website has a good domain authority and they allow guest posts. But actually jumping on that opportunity is going to harm your website or brand more than it's going to, to benefit it. And I know that mm -hmm. advice is becoming cliche, but there's so much of that advice on the internet that it's, it's really hard to keep track. And so people start to skim and they start to cherry pick and they go, okay, I think what I took away from this is I can go write a guest post. It should be long and I'll place it on this website with high domain authority and everything will be great. But, you know, if that website um, flagged by Google's algorithm as this is a site that's selling links and heaven forbid in a very extreme scenario, you get a manual penalty on your website, your website's removed from Google. I've seen it happen websites lose a million dollars overnight, you know, like you have to know who you're doing business with um, in life, but especially in back um, link building. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's only two, but I think they're, they're really, really important pieces that still, you know, 10 years into 10 plus years now into this career. Um, I see people, uh make this mistake all the time nice nice um you remind me my first strategy uh in 2008 i didn't know anything uh, than the strategy to buy more backlinks than my competitors had you know that worked well i yeah. got results ranking positions but that was uh 12 years ago <laughs> a lot right, and yeah. and i know how to lose traffic for one day <laughs> you know when you <laughs> lose a lot of traffic you know a lot of sales and when you uh, take your head and don't know what i need to do what's going on i got this traffic check out my linkedin uh, my links they are much better than competitors had w what i need to do and then i started to learn more about uh white hat seo it's obsolete technique i know today i don't use it but 
at that time i didn't know other strategies <laughs> because everyone just... everyone bought links yeah a hundred percent everyone did i i remember yeah. those days well you know it was uh it was the wild west of seo yeah yeah uh we have uh, a good question what are the latest tools trended in content marketing tools for content marketing there's so many emerging i have to say um this is actually a spreadsheet tool like very sophisticated but Airtable has become one of my favorite uh tools you know like i was um always organizing in in google sheets Airtable takes that to the next level you can apply content strategy you can plug in your themes um you know you can actually create a process for writers you can manage different stages of of the writing process assigning editing all of these things all the way up to publish um i really loved Airtable for that um i would say you know seo tools like uh, conductor are also starting to become more of a mm -hmm. content marketing tool which is really nice to see they are one of my all-time favorite tools and i haven't had the pleasure of working with search the searchlight product or anything that any of their latest innovations since i was at um networksolutionsweb.com because it really is a like an enterprise tool so i haven't seen a lot of what they've been doing lately but i'm like forever a fan of their team their tools their overall sort of um marketing really stays with me but in the last year, I transitioned to Serpstat, and mm -hmm. I love Serpstat. I can't say enough good things about Serpstat. It's sort of this all-in-one SEO tool where I can do, um, you know, I can do my site audits, I can do ranking scans, I can do keyword research, I can, you know, track my positions over time. Sort of everything you want from uh, from an SEO tool. And it like it's pretty very reasonably priced. It's maybe six hundred dollars a year for my needs, anyways. And um, no, I really I also like the layout. Like I find uh, Semrush to be a little overwhelming. There's so many, um, so many new modules coming out all the time. Anyways, I was just really drawn to Serpstat in the last year and a half. Hasn't let me down. And then I found out this year that it's a Ukrainian tool. So I was even you know happier to be supporting this tool and i will continue to um next year as well when when it comes up for renewal so yeah i mean those are some of my core uh seo mm -hmm. content marketing tools yeah mm -hmm. yeah C can you type the first tool i'll share uh, in the comments uh, and i, I want to share to the description because i shared a conductor serpstat i know about serpstat by the way the uh serpstat uh gave me uh the access to their tool uh because oh, yeah? i review a few times this tool yeah it's awesome tool i know <laughs> and uh, uh yeah uh, they are uh, from my native city in ukraine because i left ukraine when the war started so yeah i know these guys uh yeah they're awesome to create this tool and yeah uh and uh, conductor yeah i need to check out conductor yeah i i didn't use a lot probably i need to, to get back you know to use uh, and i have the question about um yeah uh, we have the question on the chat what are your thoughts on syndicate news website posts what are your thoughts on syndicated news website posts ah uh, 
You know, it's interesting because I've had this column on Search Engine Journal since like 2014, I think. And every time we publish something, um, you know, I'll get like a thousand notifications about syndication. And it's interesting. I think syndication um, in other languages is really helpful because I think they're um, me personally, I wouldn't have the opportunity to reach those audiences if someone hadn't taken my post, translated it, and published it on another site. Um, it used to really piss me off, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it was a, a post that I'd worked really hard on and it was just starting to rank because ultimately you're creating duplicate content, right? So when somebody syndicates, if they don't put uh, the canonical tag to say, hey, this was the original uh, post, this is where this information came from, um, originally posted on with the rel equals canonical in, 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 the, um, in the code, then you're, you're probably creating a duplicate content issue. So I have reached out to authors in the past for very important posts to say, hey, thank you, super flattering. Can you please just put this canonical tag in for me and uh, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll all be good here, you know? Um, and more than more often than not, they're really happy to do that. And you sometimes nice. make a great relationship out of it. So I'm, I'm cool yeah. with syndications. Do it right. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, can you tell about personalization? I mean, like uh, how to build relationships because uh, you, you mentioned uh, how you can build relationships just to ask people about adding uh, canonical tech. Uh, what about uh, building relationships in marketing? For example, we have a podcast right now. Yeah, that's, that's a good way for me, you know, to build relationships, to grow your network. I think uh, uh, it's better to start your podcast because we have uh, a lot of space, you know, uh, on podcasting field. Uh, tell about your methods to build relationships with other marketers. Um building relationships with other marketers, you know, there's, there's different levels of relationships. So sometimes I'm looking to be mentored by someone mm -hmm. in the space. And um, typically, I'll start by, uh, you know, consuming their content and learning about it. Maybe there's a specific question I'll want to ask, maybe I'm writing about that topic, and I'll leverage their expertise and bring it in. And hopefully, you know, I'll have more opportunities to do that. And they'll see that I've shared their knowledge in, in a nice light and will be happy to work with me again. Sometimes it's the opposite. Maybe it's a junior marketer and I want to mentor them because I see promise in them or, um, you know, so there's, there's sort of that like growing learning relationship. Sometimes you're networking with people who, um, are in a different space, right? Like PR professionals. I love PR professionals and and they like learning from me as well. So we'll do a knowledge exchange. Like I'll share this framework with you, you share this framework with me, everyone's happy. Um, in other cases, uh, especially in the B2B space, I love working with um, complementary marketers. So marketers who are in a similar position at a um, complementary tech company because, you know, I've we at Aquizio we did this very often. We threw monthly webinars or eBooks, and we were constantly collaborating um, with our complementary partners. And 
it was such a good symbiotic relationship, right? Sometimes this team will carry the production and the other people will just guest star and vice versa. Um, you know, you can really share the work, but you also have a louder voice. Um, and so you get better results and then everyone's happy and happy to collaborate again in the future. So like the nature of the relationship that you're building and sort of what you're looking to get out of it without, you know, sounding too greedy, because sometimes you just make a relationship because you like that person. Like there's uh, these marketers disco sloth, check them out. They're so good. Everything they do, their site is so clean. Their long form content, every page has its own URL. Like it's, it's beautiful. I want to be their friends for no other reason than I just, I think they're cool, you know? So Disco Sloth, if you're listening, we should, we should be friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Uh, we have the question about, uh, yeah, because you mentioned about, uh, crawling. I have a website on which I crawl events and put it across on my website, uh, but I don't add canonical links. Is it going to cause negative impact? What do you think? I mean, um, potentially it could, right? Like if, if you're, if, you know, if you're sort of just crawling other content and then pulling it in, ultimately that exists somewhere else, right? So for the person who published that content initially, it could create negative impacts for them. For your own website, you know, Google's looking at it going, is this a unique, high quality, relevant source of information for this query. Um, and I would say you're probably better off creating more of your own content to try and get there. Uh, is it creating negative impacts? Check your analytics. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's interesting to know uh, about um, the, uh, this website, uh, if you can share what, uh, why you do, uh, you just scroll another content and share on your website, it's interesting to know because I often see when websites just take a content, uh, submit to their websites, they have uh, low domain authority, uh, uh, zero traffic, but they do it. Yeah, just want to know because for me, it, uh, I don't know how to go ahead and what kind of results you can get if you just take uh, other content and share on your website because I have no idea why they do it. Yeah. Uh, I have the final question. Okay. Uh, let's imagine uh, you started today from scratch without any experience, without any knowledge, without any skills. What would you do to learn more about content marketing? If I, okay, if I had no experience and I still knew what I knew today, um, I would follow in my own footsteps. And what I mean by that is I would join a very reputable marketing agency early on in my career. And I know I said it earlier, but agency is really the only place where you're going to get exposure to different client types, different client sizes, different goals channels, strategies. So, you know, if you really want to create a career in content marketing or uh, SEO and you say, yes, this is for me, take the agency route, get mentored, start at the bottom, see how strategy changes for, uh, you know, across different verticals and really get into it. Look at the why in each of those cases. But if maybe you're a business owner 
and you say, I would really like to learn SEO and content marketing, A, because I find it interesting, B, because I think it's going to help me uh, sell more. Well, unpack it one topic at a time. You know, go to reputable sources like Search Engine Journal, like Search Engine Land. Don't try and take it all in at once. Say, okay, right now, um, I want to learn about the buying funnel. What does that mean for me in insurance? Or what does that mean for me in photography? You know, and really read everything you can on that topic from like one to three high quality sources. Don't just scroll the internet for who's ranking first. Find those sources that are credible and then un unpack one topic at a time and, you know, create your little list of questions. Like now that I've read everything I need to know about the buying funnel, for insurance, I still don't understand X, Y, and Z, you know, and then throw that on a forum, uh, reach out to one of your favorite writers that you've been talking to or reading about and try and get those questions answered or hire a consultant. You know, there's so many professionals out there who are, are uh, willing to share um, their knowledge and, and help business owners to, you know, really enter that world of content marketing and SEO. Nice. Love it. Love it. Uh, it's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I'm Shondell N, just my name with the letter N at the end. Um, mm -hmm. Reach out to me anytime. You can also check out my website, Shondell.ca. I got that domain. Pretty happy about it. Um, where I offer consulting services and you can read a little bit more about my career history there as well. Okay, guys, you need to follow Chandel on Twitter, on any other places, uh, open website, other uh, consultancy. You can see a lot of value, uh, so valuable insights. I've learned uh, something new. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you can learn as well. Uh, thanks again, you know, for your time. It's a big pleasure. Guys, you can find all these links uh, in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time.